This podcast is a Kitty Wing production. Rockus Marcus. Rockus Marcus. My high school icon. My high school icon. My high school icon. My high school icon. Starts now. Oh, there. Ah, yeah. Right. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome. To another episode of my high school iPod, the show where normally normally we'll have a guest on every week to uh, share some of the music that they love back in high school, and we listen to it, and we talk about it, love. love, but sometimes we nailed it. I know. Sometimes we do power hours, and then- That's not what this is. That's not what this <laughs> is, and then sometimes we do other things, because we can, because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. None, yeah. of, none of this matters. No. We're all going to die and life right. is meaningless. Climate change is real. Climate change is real. Uh, the Illuminati is is alive and well. Um, Illuminated. Uh, is that Illuma. Illumination? The, mm. the Minions yeah. Uh, yeah. movie company? That's the Illuminati. It's just the, <laughs> just the guys. That's why the one just has the one eye? Yeah. Exactly. It's like a dollar bill. <laughs> Um, Have you seen the minion hidden on the dollar? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of movies, uh, today we have a very special episode because, uh, you know, we've been thinking about, uh, and a lot of times when we do my high school iPod and we talk about music, uh, you can't help but kind of also talk about movies uh, every now and again. Oh, you know I be talking about movies, Jay. I know you. You know I be talking about movies. I know you and your movies. Cheaper by the dozen, cheaper by the dozen two, cheaper by the dozen three. This guy won't stop talking about those movies. The one where he says, hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we thought maybe uh, it would be cool if we did a, uh, or started to, if this doesn't go well, we'll never do it again. But (laughs) if it does go well, we might do more uh, where we, have a guest on and we do what we do with music but we do it with movies yeah it's my high school cinema yeah um so yeah it, it's gonna be cool it was between that or my high school movies <laughs> or my high school dvd collection is oh, what that would have been probably it. better but my producer said no nope i just said the first thing <laughs> <laughs> um i normally will shove the song into uh, the title into a song should i do a line from a movie yeah okay totally uh i'm not a smart man but i know what my high school <laughs> cinema is <laughs> yeah i am your host jay howell uh i am here <laughs> Uh, I'm here, uh, as always, with my my friend, my my co-host, my producer, the Rizzoli to my Isles, Muhammad Joma. Hey, buddy. That's a TV show. I was thinking, like, oh, that actually works, but oh, yeah. it's not a movie. Not yeah. yet, anyways. No, not yet. Until, Fingers crossed. Until Turner starts to get all my letters I'm writing. <laughs> Um, is that show still airing? I feel like we've said, I've asked that before, but I don't know the answer. I I'd like new? to think that the show. Hey, you know, I think one of the Deschanel's is in that, isn't she? Which? How many Deschanel's are well, there? Well, not Zoe, the other one. Bowie. I don't know. That's the only one I know. There's a second one. I think she's in. Uh, oh no, maybe she's in Bones or Castle. 
You know, I can't keep those two separated. <laughs> or the rookie. What if Azolian Isles is just something that you and I think exists, but oh there's no record God. of it? Like <laughs> the Berenstain Bears or that Sinbad Genie movie. Or a movie I saw in high school, Forgotten. The Forgotten? The movie where Julianne Moore's kid is gone and nobody remembers him and that it ends up being aliens because that movie was stupid. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, doesn't but, matter. But you're on the right podcast to talk about Yay! it because this is my high school cinema. Uh, let's introduce our guest. Uh, Fuck yeah. Because he's been patiently waiting. and uh, he, he looks angry. <laughs> impatiently. impatiently waiting. Uh, he is uh, my very best friend in the world, and he swore an oath when we became best friends that he would come and do my podcast whenever... Uh, I would ask him to, and so he's here to fulfill his obligation. Uh, he's been on two episodes. This is your third episode. Oh my god, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, from episode two, do you have music that you can? No, I didn't play <sighs> that. Play that. I play that. Clip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry, we got this. <laughs> uh, he's. Uh, you remember him from episode two and from uh, the first Power Hour. Joey Kanish is a New York legend. <laughs> He's been around. He's a New York legend since he was 19 years old. Mitchell Hardage. Hey, you guys want to play some poker? <laughs> you could tell you're a real poker player. Yeah. From the way, from the way you say, you guys want to play some poker? I think that everybody That's how I lure you in. Like, oh, this guy's a. He's a pushover. He's a rube. Next, next thing you know, full house. I got all your clothes. <laughs> How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm uh, excited to talk about movies. Music was a big part of uh, your your life in high school and is now. Um, but movies also, um, I can't speak for you, but I'm going to say movies also were a big part of, of high school for you. Explain. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I, I ended up... Uh, following a career sort of in film i edit videos yeah <laughs> so that's adjacent to film yeah um but yeah i've always loved film i think we all have i think when you're young when you're in high school you're you know i probably said this on one of my other episodes but you're you're constantly like searching for something to identify with because you have no idea who you are as a person or i didn't right. we can't all be david marsh and yeah be, be completely confident in who we are when we're yeah, yeah when we're six yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah i feel like i you know gravitated towards um a type of film with characters that i could relate to or characters totally. that i kind of aspired to be um this was like maybe this was kind of before the whole anti-hero thing really yeah. kicked off yeah. like right or, before or after if you consider like 70 cinema but yeah well sure but i wasn't i don't think i was diving into that too much when i was in high school <laughs> you're a high schooler in the 70s right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm uh i'm 80 years old wait 70 i did the math real quick you didn't check out you're close but yeah, if you were born in the seventies, you'd be hundred and forty years old. Yeah, everyone knows. Well, that. if I was in high school in the seventies, my dad was in high school oh, right. in the. Okay, so I'm his age. I'm like sixty. Okay. I'm as old as my dad. <laughs> Can I just say real quick? You were kind of hesitant when you say I edit film, but you just edited an award-winning film recently. Yeah, yeah but it did. wasn't. Films are it was a weird word, in, in the the sense that 
nobody shoots on film anymore. Right. And we editing, save film. editing film does seem like somebody's snipping together Splicing. reels. And, yeah. Uh, I wasn't like hunched over with right. <laughs> like uh, Stanley Kubrick. Did or you guys <laughs> ever go through a phase where you called them films? Like in high school or like right after high school where we're all like a little pretentious and being oh, like, sure. yeah, I, I went to the Terra and saw a saw wonderful film. I think film. I still do that. So. <laughs> I say flick. Uh, I like flick. <laughs> and, and wherever you, in your edit bay or wherever you edit uh, uh, video, do, do you have just like chunks of hard drives scattered around your floor? I think all cutting, editors cutting, do. Cutting, yeah. cutting room floor of just like... That's the modern day equivalent, yeah. right? Yeah. Of just like reels of it's B-roll just, or yeah. whatever. It's just like a hard drive stuff. It's like, ah, oh, that hard drive didn't make it in the finished film <laughs> right right, right. <laughs> and was, like like, like premiere crashing is the equivalent of like you know your celluloid catching on fire, <laughs> catching on fire. <laughs> yeah. like, Damn it. what was the new line cinema had like the, in, the little intro thing that was like a piece of film oh yeah yeah yeah. So like now it would be just like a spinning it's hard, a hard drive. drive. <laughs> it's a lacy, <laughs> just rugged. like tumbling. It just looks like a square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's uh I we we kind of again this is we're kind of figuring this out as we go but hey we're doing great guys i think so let's turn it to the listeners though call in we've got line the lines are open let what us if, know how we're we've doing we've got dr yeah. drew here we're just not letting him on mic until we get a phone call <laughs> um but uh yeah i i i do you have i asked for you to just kind of have a few movies in mind that were like a big deal to you sure and uh let's i guess what's the first one that kind of came to your mind when you were thinking about that uh, first one that popped in my head was either Amelie or Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm. I feel like both of those, very good both movies. of those films but were very good films. Very good films. Those are films. Like I have very clear memories watching those movies, and uh, and like to bring it back to music, like the soundtracks for those movies, yes. I played yeah. all were on heavy rotation. Um, so yeah so you know associating the soundtrack with the movie and just kind of always you know trying to live in those worlds because mm-hmm. the regular world was so boring it's yeah high school um, i here's what i'm gonna suck at this because i saw amelie in high school yeah i saw amelie for the first time within like five years ago okay weird? i oh, saw that- i saw it in high school and i don't remember anything about it well, here's the trailer. It is a movie that's in French, so it's a very quirky <laughs> well, we French. Can, we can watch it, and I feel like it also had uh, mainstream success. Like, got some Oscar nods. Yes, and-, and was a huge, like at least cult hit. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially our age, really liked it. Mm-hmm. And the Travelocity gnome is kind of birthed from this film. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which is weird. That's a that was a strange uh, sort of spinoff. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. What was the, if you could summarize it, what was sort of the plot of Amelie? That's a great question because the plot is very thin, if non-existent. <laughs> um, it's a very, yeah, it's a very quirky French sort of character piece about this very quirky, adorable, manic pixie dream Amelie, French girl. <laughs> um, she works at like a restaurant like a cafe and oh there he goes he's finding pictures over 
Yeah, she's just had like a very kind of like overbearing mother. Like they go through her whole life up until she's in her mid 20s or whenever the movie takes place. And it's kind of a love story. Like she's trying to find this guy who. Yeah, it's got a shit. mystery element to there's it a, too. Because she, fi- she finds his stuff, right? Or she finds. His like photographs? Yeah, like a box with a stuff in it. Yeah. yeah. And she like falls in love with him because she's like, oh, he's quirky like me. Yeah. Ooh. And then she kind of like, they, they kind of have a little bit of a kind of like a scavenger hunt, kind of adorable cat and mouse sort of thing where he's like leaving clues and she's going to find the clues. And, Did you and see yeah, that? There's just, it's just populated with really rich uh, characters. Like they're all like big personalities and they all have their own little arcs throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And um, it just it just felt like a real perfect movie when I saw it. And it still holds up. It's still like, it's very saturated. And it looks, yeah, the colors looking. and all it was the also like, and stuff are really neat. Well, looking. I mean, I don't know my movie history well enough, but it, it definitely was like early forefront of that type of sort of cute, surreal indie movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of yeah, like... It's very really, whimsical. Like yeah. It had a lot of like... Um, fantastical elements to it like right things would come to life and you didn't really know what was real and what wasn't mm. right i was gonna ask like it, michelle yeah, gondry that, type shit i think i mean that was all after i feel like although i don't know who was really doing it first and right stuff, well jean-pierre Junet was the the filmmaker for for this movie and i like you know was so into amelie i went back and watched like his previous movies yeah. like delicatessen and uh, City of Lost Children, I think mm. it is, with uh, Ron Perlman. Yeah. Uh, both are great films. Both are entirely in French. I feel like Delicatessen, like, I mean, they all feel like his movies, but, like, that was another one that was just, like, there was a, kind of this murder mystery element to it, but it was still, like, very, um, it's, it had the same sort of, like, filmmaking style where it was, right. like, very highly stylized, right. which I really appreciated. It was, like, one of the, like, I really liked filmmakers who had, a clear and unique voice because like because i mean that stood out to me and that like it resonated with me like wes anderson his mm-hmm. movie like he was like and when you don't like now i appreciate directors who are a little bit more of like chameleons who can kind of mm-hmm. dabble in different genres like alfonso cuaron right. i feel like he can do any movie and do it really well and do it justice and he puts his stamp on it but it's like it's not like if Wes Anderson made like a um, a Harry Potter movie, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like yeah. you know what that would be vastly different yeah. from the other ones. Well, that kind of became sort of a, a not a crack on, well maybe a crack on Wes Anderson was people were like it's he does the same thing like it's and then he started to do you know like uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and like mm-hmm. sort of but and I I always like his movies. But I yeah. love his movies too, but I mean they are. Basically, I mean, there, there kinda, are things that you know that you're going to get from him mm-hmm. when you go and see a, see one of his movies. And because I think he's so stylized, he has such a specific s- style, it's like harder to ignore than some other directors that kind of like Scorsese does a lot of the same things in his movies over and over mm-hmm. again. But his style has been so integrated with modern movies and everybody's kind of doing his thing anyway. So it's like harder to notice, but Wes Anderson's still so like signal singularly Wes Anderson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You go see one of his movies. You're like, Oh yeah, it's all the Wes Anderson things that I haven't seen since his last movie. Has anyone tried to do like kind of rip him off? Like, Oh yeah. 
uh the the napoleon dynamite guy oh yeah uh, i feel yeah. like that does, that's the thing with him it's like he's so meticulous about every little aspect of right every little pixel or he, he probably shoots on film yeah every little grain of film <laughs> that fucker every frame um that yeah i feel like he's often imitated but never like replicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I ask you going back to Amelie? Were you watching like a lot of foreign films in high school, or was that did that? Yeah, um, was this like a desire to be like, oh, I want to watch foreign films because I want to, you know, take in stuff from outside of my cultural norms or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. I I guess I gravitated. I mean, if you listen to my high school iPod, you know that. I- <laughs> It's kind of like an never art, heard of it art kid <laughs> my high school um yeah it's kind of like an art kid so i would seek out sort of indie stuff or foreign stuff there was actually like i was thinking about this the other day there was this girl that i i don't even remember her name but uh she would and she went to a different school but like we would hang out and watch foreign movies. Like, that's what we did. Oh, we would, like, yeah. go rent a foreign movie yeah. and then go watch the foreign movie. And we never, like, made out or anything. Yeah, just, like, we were just foreign movie dates. We were just foreign movie <laughs> dates. And we did it We did it several times. Like, I remember some of the movies we watched. Yeah. And then I just, like, she's, like, one day we just stopped texting and I like, never heard from her again. Do you, do you remember if this, like, desire was, like, a... Do you remember if it was like there was a conscious moment? And do you remember what you were watching before that? Like, were you a fan of movies before you got into like art films, for lack of a better term? Yeah, yeah. I always loved movies. I mean, I'm trying to think back to movies that made a big impact on me when I was a kid. Definitely Mortal Kombat. (laughs) That's the first one? (laughs) That's the first one I think of. Like, I remember seeing that in the movie theater thinking it was, like, the greatest movie right, ever. Right. But I was, like, you know, I was, like, eight years old or totally. something. That was back when every movie was the great, great. Yes. Like, that, no, Yeah, way, that's true. That's you know, true. I have a theory about this, and it's just because kids haven't seen a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So just, like, the experience of, like, seeing big yeah. images and, like, like yeah. every movie's going to be good because your brain just is still super excited by a movie. That's totally true. <laughs> I remember the first movie I saw that I didn't like. It was Batman and Robin. Oh, wow. And I remember leaving the theater being like, something was wrong <laughs> with that movie. It wasn't good. Must have been out of focus. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, everything was there. Yeah, All the Batman elements were there. there. Yeah. Robin was there. Mr. Freeze was there. And it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. beginning, middle, and end, <laughs> yeah. kind of. It was like, every movie I've seen up until this has been the best movie. And yeah. then... And then, yeah. It was I remember, like, yeah, a couple movies like that. Um, Jurassic Park 3. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember, oh, like, I, I remember that movie felt like it was, like, 20 minutes long. I walked out of it. I was like, was that even a movie? Like, <laughs> I don't really remember anything. It was like, and then, it. Yep. <laughs> Credits. Over. Um, and then uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I remember walking I remember out of the theater with that one. I that one, too. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I was like, why did that suck? Like, did that suck? I, I I thought uh, Captain Nemo is that his name? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's so cool! And then like I watched the movie, and I was like, I guess he wasn't that cool. I mean, he just like <laughs> kicked a couple guys, and then, uh, yeah. yeah, you got Jekyll and Hyde. You got oh yeah, Sean Connery, Sean Connery Alan Quartermain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not gonna do anything else at that point. But but yeah, so um, it was yeah, it was kind of like 
bigger budget stuff. I remember sure. seeing the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. The first one came out when we were still pretty young. Yeah, but yeah. I think by the time the third one came out, that was another one where I was like sitting in my car. Like we also like we went as a big group. We were in yeah. like high school, I think, mm-hmm. to the midnight screening of it, mm-hmm. and it ended. I remember like sitting in my car. I think you were with me. Yeah, we and always went and saw those for my birthday because yeah. one, two, and three all came out either on my birthday or like that weekend yeah. of my birthday. And I'm not even like a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. Especially not like, now. Yeah. <laughs> I, fucking hate I don't know. The Mandalorian is bringing me, bringing me back a little bit. It but, is good. Um, the, by the way, they're just spoiling the the big twist, I guess, openly on the internet. Yeah. I think we're like post-spoiler culture where people are just like, nah, we all watch things now, so fucking watch it or we're going to ruin it for yeah, you Yeah, I was... Uh, so I saw it like just in like my Google feed as like a giants but i was like what the fuck that's what like i was with uh we were at band practice and gus said something about i'm, I'm not even gonna spoil it yeah I'm not but he said something about just like out loud yeah and i was like and and he and i had seen it but the other three members of our band hadn't seen it yet and i was like that's kind of like a spoiler that's like the big reveal of the end of the episode and he was like it's all over facebook and yeah. it was just like ah shit or post spoiler culture yeah. people are frustrated with like <laughs> having to keep their shit secrets i mean yeah that's an example of like something like permeating the mainstream right so yeah. it like pops up on google images pops up on facebook instagram whatever like people are already memeing it yeah and then everybody just assumes it's okay to do because right. they're just like, like, okay, well, what if I'm not like looking right. at Facebook or whatever because I want to watch it? Yeah, yeah. I I don't ever get on Facebook, so luckily it wasn't spoiled for me. But like, I would be pissed off if I like found out about the thing because I, I was a little bummed. I'm me. still somebody yeah. that enjoys I, I still watched a reveal. Now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think a reveal's important, but I also kind of get the. Have you seen The Sixth Sense? Uh, no, what happens? Oh in boy, you are in for a treat. <laughs> I I do kind of get the like desire, especially with television shows, of just being like, and especially with like big TV shows, like the internet is where we talk about most things, especially like music and movies and TV. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah, there's like a desire of that it, like nobody wants to not be able to talk about the thing that they like because we have to be careful of other people. So I, I get it. It's not awesome because. You know, but I get it. Here's a question, though. Yeah. Like, is it because it's a TV show that it's okay to spoil? Like, yeah, when was the last mess. time a TV show people were like, oh, don't spoil Mad Men? Game, Game so, of Thrones was a big one, but even that, after a while. Because TV traditionally is like you have one chance to watch it. Not anymore, but like yeah. traditionally. It's like Sunday night, right. eight o'clock. You either catch it or you don't. But well, with a movie, it's like you have like its entire theatrical run. To it also seems that more people, like groups of people, are watching the same TV shows than movies. Yeah. Like you can ask twenty people, have you watched The Lighthouse? And you might get five, six yeses. You ask twenty people if they watched even The Mandalorian or something like a new show. If it's like a big show, everybody's yeah. just like, "Yeah, we're all watching it. Mm-hmm. The world's watching this show now." Yeah. I, Which is a weird thing. Well, it's a little more convenient than like, <laughs> for sure. Right, the, yeah. the lighthouse is, it's you got to seek that out a little theaters, bit. Right. Like, I feel like that wasn't a huge release. Yeah. People have Disney Plus that didn't even ask for it. It's just like, oh, just pops I have Verizon, so yeah, I, I got Disney it for Plus free now. for a yeah. year. So, <laughs> um, I, I think in terms of like, if it's something like, uh, like Game of Thrones or even like Avengers Endgame, I remember like we went and saw it like. 
on the Sunday of like the weekend that it came out, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And so I knew like, don't look at the internet right for the next two days because there was, I already knew like there's a thing that happens at the end right? right and right, I just right. didn't want it to be spoiled. So I, and I did the same thing with the game of Thrones. Like if I missed, if I didn't watch it yeah. on like Sunday night and I was going to watch it like the next day, it was just like, just don't look at, just don't look at Facebook yeah. or Instagram. It's your or, responsibility. Yeah, or like yeah. Reddit or anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> chances are something's going to be out there. and like, Yeah, at least like an image or something yeah. that you can piece something together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you, yeah, and if you see like, that, that spoiler. When I see Tony Stark at the end of Endgame and then it's like crying face yeah. Michael Jordan. And you're just like, well, I know what fucking, like, <laughs> you're not keeping anything a secret now. He Get must real. say something really sad yeah. at the end of the movie. Um, Let's bring it back. High school spoilers in Spoiler like two thousand, in in like the early two thousands, uh, mm-hmm. weren't as obvious because the internet wasn't as big of a thing. Um, just real quick though, like talking about Amelie and like foreign movies and and art movies. Yeah. Um, I feel like back in our in our high school experience. It was, there wasn't like streaming or anything. And I feel like yeah. there was a lot of, like Amelie was one of those movies where it was like, you knew somebody who had it yes, or yeah. you know, cool. somebody how... rented it or whatever, mm. but it wasn't just like, like, or somebody, yeah, like went to media play and bought it for $30. That's why, you know, it's funny. That's, I think, I mean, I'm sure kids still get together and watch movies, but I remember doing that so much. Yeah. And I think it's because, yeah, one person has this DVD and we're all curious about this movie that everybody says is so good or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's all go over to you know Jay's house and check it out. Um, which I wonder if that happens less so now. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know kids still like to watch movies together. But yeah, it's probably as adults. Isn't that weird? I feel like I never watch movies with like my friends at on DVD. You know, in the theaters maybe, but it's not like come over to my house and watch a movie. It was like such a big part of my childhood was like come over and we'll watch a movie. Yeah. Well, now it's like. If we if we're hanging out, we're gonna talk. Probably, That's true. Because we're older. I mean, yeah. we don't see each other as much. If yeah. I was hanging out with you every fucking day or five days a week, we'd probably watch movies. Sometimes. Yeah, we'd run out of shit to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch a movie. Um, that was a high school thing of like, yeah, we would we'd hang out. You know, six days a week. Right. Yeah. One of us had a car. We would and we would just like hang out at one of our houses, mm-hmm. and we'd just be like, yeah, it's a. Uh, Put a movie in. We don't have anything else to do. <laughs> Guys, let's have a movie night. <laughs> I should. Okay, now this I watched so many times and it's still love one of Here my favorite Kuna, movies. We have perfected a safe, effective technique for the focused erasure of troubling memories. In a matter of hours, our patented non-surgical procedure will rid you of painful memories and allow you a new and lasting peace of Tom mind Wilkinson? never imagined possible. Yeah, great did actor. Get, did he get in trouble for something? Oh, did he? I don't know. I well, sure you know. I know. Was, you know what? I'm thinking Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Did he get he in was, trouble? Yeah. That he, was a, he was a. He was a. He was a druggy guy. Yeah, I think he just got like. Was this the first kind of serious Jim Carrey movie? Well, no, there's no, the no. Truman Show. And that's right, the Truman Show. I think the number 23 came out before this, too. I, I, saw, I'm not I saw that movie that in theaters and fucking hated it. <laughs> that was a Schumacher movie, speaking of. Yeah, Batman it was. Yeah. That guy this, sucks. This was the first time I ever heard this song, was when oh, the yeah. first time I saw oh, the trailer. Really? And I was like, what is this? This song is amazing. Mathematically, the happiest song ever <laughs> recorded by man. So, this is also whimsical and. 
surreal. Oh, surreal more than whimsical. It's actually kind of dark. At, at it, it is very dark. <laughs> at its core, it's a love story, though. And yeah. I, I think I was like a bit of a hopeless romantic. So I Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, directed by Michelle Gondry, who I mentioned, and written, of course, by Charlie, the great Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, just one of my favorite screenwriters. Uh, Mine, too. Yeah. So I think uh, Adaptation Ooh. came oh, out dude, long before this one. So yeah. good. And that was the first real, like, um, I mean, I'm sure I'd seen sort of like postmodern, like meta films before, but that one like really clicked with me. And I was just like, oh man, wow. Let's see what he, I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, I think he's, he's really good at uh, telling conventional stories in a very unconventional way. Yeah. And uh, Eternal Sunshine's it. a perfect example of that. Yeah. Adaptation is just like the best meta movie of all time. It's the most mm-hmm. insane meta movie. It's like so yeah. crazy. The it's it's so complexly written, you know, and and, and right. has so much going on. But I think it's still like digestible, and it very, still has very like and enjoyable by most people. Very enjoyable. Is, it's got. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's maybe can't be said about some of his newer works, which I like very much. I was gonna like, say I remember when I saw Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. I was like, I'm not <laughs> liking this love, as I much as movie, I liked but, it, but I didn't. I I was it, it is, was so obvious that I was like, I'm not getting all of what's happening. Well, yeah. and the, I don't think he really like makes it gettable in the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like he's out there trying to explain things like he is an adaptation or eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. That movie is surreal to be surreal. It's got metaphors on top of metaphors. Mm-hmm. It's just like mm-hmm. also a great movie though, but um, eternal sunshine and adaptation. Uh, I remember uh, I, I, they were both like some of my favorite movies in high school, but I remember the when I started watching each of them, I was like, I really hope I like this. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> and then I did, and I was like, I'm glad I like this. Because for some reason, I was like, these are kind of like smarter movies, and if I yeah. like it, that means that I'm like smart and artistic, and well, that's, a that's good, all um, I want as yeah. a 17-year-old. Well, no, that's a great point. Like, d- did, did I really enjoy it, or did I convince myself that I enjoyed it because, because yeah. it was the cool thing to like? Well, I think, and similarly to music, there is that sense of just whenever something does feel smart and it's not that you're even you you're trying you know but it's not like you don't enjoy it it's just like i remember watching royal tenenbaums yeah i'll take one please i remember watching royal tenenbaums um you know young that i think the movie was like 2001 2002 because i I, I don't think i drove there yeah so um we watched that movie young and i remember not really knowing what to expect then liking it and then being like Oh, this is fucking cool that I like it. I've told the story on the podcast before, but like a group of people that we were with in the theaters left and went and watched Mothman Prophecies because they were like, this movie's stupid within the first 10 minutes. And I stayed, me and our friend Carlos, friend of the podcast, Carlos Prieto, stayed and watched the whole movie. And when we like left, we were like, that was fucking awesome. And we know it and other people don't. And that's fucking cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, So I think there is a bit of that. And similarly with music, when you find like a cooler smart band a college rock band or an indie band you're just like are like i really like this and then you're like oh it's cool that i really like this because it's the thing that like it's cool smart people like <laughs> yeah cool people like uh, it's not like when you like 311 like you know like every other you know 14 year old 311 yeah. was like the mothman prophecy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think um, for the most part i'm pretty gullible with movies like 
a bad movie can convince me that it's good. Because yeah. I think it's like I just I realize because I've been working in film for so like I realize that it's like a miracle that any movie gets <laughs> yeah. made ever. Right. And so I'm like, you guys pulled it off. Like you had good three job. acts. You had a you, you didn't have too many continuity errors. Like good for you guys. Like that held together. But no, That's, I think it's upon like rewatching movies that you really it really makes or breaks them, right? right like the, right. the you can be kind of like dazzled the first time you watch right. something. It's kind of like a, something I've noticed about Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. Don't really hold up that well upon repeat viewing. Some of them. You know which one really does, though? And I think it's kind of getting brushed aside is... Uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises, everyone's <laughs> yeah. favorite Batman movie. No. Uh, I liked that I one. I guess I shouldn't have said it's getting brushed aside, but fucking his... Um, oh. The War One. Dun- Dunkirk. Dunkirk. I kept wanting to call Just it like Dunkirk, hey, old boy. Dunkirk. I think Dunkirk is his best movie, and I think it's just... I, I think that movie... It's one of those movies that's like... You can't say it's underrated, but I feel like nobody's really re-watching Dunkirk, and no. I think that fucking movie holds Well, it's not Batman. Yeah. It also, like... And, I mean, those these, these are all post-high school movies, but... But um, Memento wasn't, by the way. Memento, yeah, Memento, Memento is a movie was I saw multiple times in theaters. I, but, I, really but, liked but I like that movie. Things like and Memento... That was one of the smart ones that you're like, cool, I like Memento. People I feel like not get this. A lot of his, like, Memento, uh, Inception, and Interstellar were all, like, people talked about them because they had, like, layers, and there was a lot of, like, right. sort of things, and, like, right. almost... For me, I was just like, what did this mean? Because I'm yeah, dumb or whatever. Yeah. But, like, Dunkirk was kind of cut and dry. Just in a terms really of, good war yeah, movie. it was good. Which I like... A, I don't like war movies like, oh, I'll go watch any war movie, but, like, a really good war movie always gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, Memento was a movie that I remember... I saw in the theaters probably like five or six times and I would always take people because it was, that was a very accessible movie, but people at the time weren't really, at least people our age weren't really rushing to the theaters to see it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a slow burn. So like, I remember being like, no, it's fucking weird. It's backwards. It's crazy. Like it's a, such an easy sell and then yeah. it is a very enjoyable and understandable movie. Right? Yeah. And it like, deconstructs what you're used to seeing. Yeah. It like yeah. deconstructs the, the, traditional three act play or right. movie that we're that we're all used to seeing and that was and you realize it like within the first five ten minutes of the movie right, right. and so w- once it clicks you're like you're just on for the ride yeah yeah there was a thing about maybe i just don't care as much about movies anymore as i as i did in high school but there was a thing about like directors were like bands yeah. where you'd be like you heard christopher nolan and then you, you heard you know, years later, they were like, Christopher Nolan's doing Batman. And you were like, what? I know. Christopher Nolan? The guy who did Memento? And it well, was like... I remember rushing to the theater to see Insomnia, which mm. is a pretty... It's a good movie, but it's pretty traditional, like, crime cops and robbers Is that Christopher movie. Nolan? Yeah, it's a Christopher yeah. Nolan Are all of his movie. movies one word that yeah. aren't the Batman movies? Mostly start with an I. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. He loves the letter I. Uh, but, um... He also did I Spy. That uh, yeah, <laughs> the remake. Who was in I that? Spy. Eddie Murphy and Owen Wilson, yes. or Bill Cosby and somebody. If you no, I like the man. reboot better. Uh, I don't know. Cosby's pretty great. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Um, to that point, though, and back to uh, Eternal Sunshine. Kaufman, Charlie Kaufman, was maybe the first writer 
especially strictly writer, not like writer director that I was really like anytime I was like, Oh, Charlie Kaufman put out a new movie, you know, not mm. Michelle Gondry, not Spike Jones, even though those are great dudes, you mm-hmm. know, but it was like Michelle or Charlie Kaufman's new movies out. We've got to go see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. And then there was, there was, well, before all that was, um, being John, Malkovich. being John Malkovich, mm-hmm. which I think might've even been like 99. So which, maybe that's another school. one I saw once in high school and I don't remember anything yeah, about I it. I love that movie too. But like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty quickly that you see that and then you see adaptation and you're just like, holy shit, this guy is, you know what I mean? And then, but what's weird is like at that time he was like hot in Hollywood or something. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess adaptation's kind of about that, but he was like cranking out scripts mm-hmm. and now it's like, you're lucky to get a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> you're like on the edge of your seat waiting for the next one. Yeah. What was the last one he did? Anomalisa. Uh, on, 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 Anomalisa. And that, that was, was years the, like, ago. Marionette yeah. one? Yeah. Like it was, well, one? it was stop motion. Oh, was it? Right? I think it was marionettes. I never saw. Maybe it, it, was, it could be stop motion. Oh god! I think they were stop motion, but like with it was those supposed like, to look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think it was like um, the same animation studio that did Moral Oral. Or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. it was stop motion. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. Adaptation. I always think about. Um, this is another thing with movies is like the the ones that that uh, like Eternal Sunshine and adaptation. I remember where I was the first time I saw it. Like I saw Eternal Sunshine in the theater at the movie theater where I worked at. So I saw it for free and then, uh, that Eternal Sunshine and then adaptation I didn't see in the theater, but I remember I got it, uh, on DVD for Christmas mm. and it was the same year that I got a portable DVD player. Yeah. And so instead of watching it on my big, <laughs> big TV, TV. Watched I watched it on my portable DVD player, like laying on my bed. Oh, I thought you were going to say in front of the big TV. That <laughs> <turned> <laughs> just put it on the coffee table. <laughs> but, uh, and I, I just remember being like, this is, amazing this is a great movie and i uh, love it you know I, susan orlean the person portrayed in the meryl streep yeah character? you know she's a real person because she's the person who wrote the orchid thief which is the movie the book is trying to uh, adapt whatever but she had a podcast on earwolf or has a podcast on earwolf and i'd hear her really? like in promos being like i'm susan orlean and i would just be like Oh yeah, I want to be a baby. <laughs> it's weird you said that. And then Chris Cooper died. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> All things that I'm sure didn't happen in her real life. She just wrote a book and then said, "Yeah, adapt this into a movie." And then Charlie Kaufman wrote a fucking insane movie. Yeah. Well, that's what's so. Oh, that's what's yeah. so brilliant about it yeah. is that he like makes up the twin brother. Yeah. And then the twin brother's like, "Let's turn this into like a sexy like drug heist movie." It's and like at that point that he like comes into the collaboration in the movie the script changes into, into that, that. Yes. and that's so why it's fucking so brilliant. fucking brilliant and then they get yeah. sucked into it and then all the rules of screenwriting get broken it's yeah. just like the most clever it's still like one of the most clever movies i think i've ever seen mm-hmm. i just uh i was thinking about the because i remember like falling asleep watching movies and then the dvd menu looping mm-hmm. and i remember like can we just take a moment to appreciate uh, DVD menus oh, yeah, and real. like the links that they went to? Because yeah. I remember the adaptation one. I think it was the shot of Streep with her feet in yes, the foreground and they're right, blurry. Yeah. And she's in focus. And then like little ants start crawling yeah. all over the uh, the screen. Like they're actually on your TV. Right. They start crawling around like yeah, in front of the play button and stuff. Because there's that like monologue about 
I love ants. They're yeah. so shiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> High on orchid drug. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, the, when I think of DVD menus, I think of post high school when I would like go like get drunk at friends' houses and then fall asleep on their couch while watching a movie. So it would be like I'd fall asleep watching Kill Bill and then at like 4 a.m. I'd wake up to just... Yeah. <laughs> and you wonder like how many times it had looped before that so many times that yeah. horn break woke you up yeah it was just that particular time my brain was like no more wake up <laughs> <laughs> didn't we see uh kill bill i think we did we sneak into kill bill or was it matrix reloaded i don't know i saw theater. both of those in theaters but i think i love those movies i at least was not you know it was kill bill i wasn't 17 yeah when that came out and i remember like we were like, because you had to be, if you weren't 17, you had to be with someone who was like 21 or right. older yeah, yeah. to claim as your guardian. And we yeah. just found some like cool dudes in line with us. <laughs> and they were like, because it was like, it was like opening day or something. There was a line yeah. out the door and they were checking, you know, tickets and IDs. That and sounds stuff. familiar. Was that, you, you that? think I was there? I think you were I'm, there. I'm, it was, I know we saw, I think we saw the Matrix Reloaded together as well. And I think I had to pull the same shit. But yeah. Uh, but I yeah, used to do I a lot this. of uh, the buying a ticket for one movie and then going to the other one, but you couldn't do it on those opening weekends and no, stuff because they, were, they, were they would take you at the door. Yeah, yeah. yeah but but yeah, that, I, that was a good you, experience. That I, was the first Tarantino movie I saw in the theater. Oh, the first Kill Bill movie. The yeah, first it's one, probably yeah. all every all of us, right? Because yeah. the one yeah. before that was Pulp Fiction. Jackie Brown. Was that? Oh, Jackie Brown before that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because there was a gap. It yeah. was like few years where he like didn't right make it true romance came out around somewhere in the middle too but that mm-hmm. wasn't directed by him true romance was one of my favorite high school movies i used to watch that movie a lot still never seen Maybe. it really it's really yeah. good that's what i hear yeah. <laughs> i mean it's a lot of crazy characters it's funny because it's like a tony scott directed it's exactly wow. what you would think tony scott directed it and uh quentin tarantino wrote it did tony scott die Yes, he killed himself. He killed himself? As an when? old man because he had cancer. Oh, shit. But Ridley's got still around. Right. I think it was like Man on Fire, right after Man on Fire. That oh, movie. that was a while so, ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Man. Yeah, I, could I, be I wrong, saw something actually, about, about that. The timeline because I feel like he, he made other movies after Man on Fire. So. Yeah. Man on Fire was another one that was out while I worked at the movie theater. So that yeah, would have been like can't 2003. Be right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some one of those Denzel Washington. You remember he like just started making Denzel Washington movies. Yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> at the end of his life. <laughs> when people okay, when people tell you to name a Denzel Washington movie, what's the first one you think of? Training Day. Training. Yeah, same. Remember the Titans. Ooh, Ooh another good. That's yeah. what I think of when somebody says name a Ryan Gosling movie. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> oh, really. Yeah. I don't even really like Remember the Titans, but I just yeah. that's the one I think of. Also, Flight, which I've never seen. Uh, Mitchell, what, what, what was another one uh, that you came to mind when you think of high school movies? Mm, I guess we can talk about what is now a more controversial person, but I was really into Woody Allen when I was in high school, or like Annie Hall. That was like my yeah. go-to, like if I want to make out with a girl, yeah, I would put Annie Hall on... And I like guaranteed we're making out <laughs> by the by the second act. Did you watch a lot? I watched a lot of. I kind of went through a Woody Allen phase a little bit later because I remember at um, Movie Stop. Remember Movie Stop? Yeah, it was like used. I bought like a box set of Woody Allen movies for super cheap, and then that like really sucked me into watching 
I mean, I would say most of his movies, and he mm-hmm. has a huge. He's one of those dudes who put out a movie every year since the seventies yeah. until recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, he just. I wonder why nobody <laughs> wanted to work for them anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like I love Danny Hall, but I liked some of his others more. I like when he's uh, surreal a little bit more. Yeah, I was gonna say like. Um, adaptation was one of the first meta movies, but you know any Woody Allen movie is going to have a yeah. a fourth wall break or yeah. something. Some at some point, Purple Rose of Cairo is is all about a fourth wall break, yeah. a literal fourth wall. Like, that actor comes out of the movie screen, but it, that's one of my favorites. I prefer Last Action Hero. <laughs> I love Last Action Hero <laughs> and loved it in high school too. We're talking uh, about people coming out of movie screen. Yeah. Woody Allen directed that one. <laughs> <laughs> he starts in it. He's a little kid. Uh, what would Arnold... Ch- Muhammad, you're good uh, at impressions. Oh, yeah, I'm great. Actually, let's all do one. Okay. What would uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Woody Allen oh my sound God. like? You want to go first? You go first. Okay. I don't like cocaine. I just like the way that it smells. <laughs> How's that? Really good. It's gonna be tough to beat. <laughs> well, it's interesting because you want to add a like a like a witty yeah, like an uh, affectation yeah. to it's, you. Um, it's uh, like it's like what do you, you mean? You about? can't you can't take the most like unconfident person in the world <laughs> and the most confident person <laughs> right. in the world and like mash them together. Uh, did you like it? <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. Well, now you're just doing Woody Allen doing a line that Schwarzenegger said, like to actually. I get blend Travolta. If I do Woody Allen doing Schwarzenegger, I get Travolta. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. This is a. This is a, it's like a recipe. Yeah. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger plus Woody Allen. <laughs> Let it simmer for 20 minutes. It's John Travolta. It's the uh, mashup that no one knew they wanted (laughs) because they don't want it. They still don't. (laughs) Um, Did you like any, like, uh, Schwarzenegger, anything like that in high school? Were you just, like, strictly... Man, yeah, I feel like... I just want to talk about the movies I liked. No, of course... uh, (laughs) No, I loved, um, like, Terminator 2. Uh, Sure, yeah. That's a movie that I think everybody can get behind. Did you ever like go to the movies for like the Fast and the Furious movies or anything like that, or is that just completely off your radar? I'm trying to think of like I saw like action movies that I would. I feel like like I saw like Crouching Tiger and Oh yeah, well that's a good one. But that's like another like doing. I loved it. It's another like beautiful forward movie, but it's like you could call it an action movie. Yeah, Yeah. I I remember Fast and the Furious came out when I was in middle school, like eighth grade yeah and i was living in virginia and at the time uh my friend andy's older brother had just gotten a car and he was in a car club and he had like it was like a mitsubishi eclipse and it looked like a fast and furious car so me and andy were like that's what we're gonna do (laughs) and so when that movie came out we were like this movie is for us wait what do you mean that's what we're gonna like, you wanted we're to be gonna a car be street club racers in yeah. oh. car clubs. Okay. I wonder yeah. if that still exists in high school. I, I have these thoughts all the time where I'm like, I don't know if this was a generational thing. Or like a regional or if it's, thing. Or a regional thing, or if it's just like everybody goes to like speakers in cars, like sound systems and stuff. It's a huge part of my oh, childhood. Yeah, that has to <laughs> still be a thing, I would think. But you I, don't I don't know them that it's often. It's like peacocking. It's like that's true. You don't and the same yeah. thing with like anymore. you don't really see like street racing cars. Like I saw one the other you day. You do, but not as 
I feel like if you were hanging out on Barrett Parkway on a Friday or Saturday night, it was all like yeah. cars with lights underneath hey, them. And when's the last time you hung out in Barrett Parkway? <laughs> That's a good Friday, point. Saturday I night. Have- I'm sure that shit's still going down. Let's do it. Let's in just the, drive up and the down. Bed Bath and Beyond parking lot. <laughs> we're twice the age of everyone else that's doing it, and we're in like my show Prius. Them. Yeah, show <laughs> your Prius, my Rav Four. <laughs> so, what's up? I'm gonna be able to cruise up and down this road for a lot longer than you guys. I got this button sport mode. <laughs> Goes extra fast. Um, uh, no, I didn't. I wasn't super into the. Uh, so like the big action but i don't know i was like i was going to like, like midtown art cinema all the yeah. time like driving down i the, was too but i had Terra. a real i had a real uh duplicity to I my think movie it, taste because i grew up i would like say a loving, well-rounded well-rounded yeah movie taste what about like equilibrium did you watch him i watched that movie a you bunch in high school. you made us all watch <laughs> you it. made it, me watch doesn't hold up that's a good yeah. one for like this podcast because it's a movie that i thought was the fucking coolest and then you watch it now and you're like oh this is not yeah. very good <laughs> i'm trying to so it had a real sort of like I'm trying to remember because I, ha- I haven't it watched it. It rips off a bunch of sci-fi, which even at the time I knew, but I was okay with. It's about, obvious Matrix. Mm-hmm. Well, like, more so like 1984 and yeah. Fahrenheit 451. They're burning it's books and they're taking drugs to like kill everybody. their yeah emotions. Right. And then it's about a cop who stops taking his drugs, feels emotions for the first time, and then starts fighting for the freedom fighters. Now, it was, here's uh, the thing. It was a somewhat... Or maybe at least to me, like a somewhat unknown Christian Bale. Like I had, it was yeah, it was I Christian really Bale. The main character roles we've seen him. Uh, Sean Bean's in it, uh, and Tay Diggs, who was probably the most famous person in the movie mm-hmm. at the time, weirdly. But uh, uh, oh, and you know who's in it? Who was all over the place back then? And she's in uh, um, Synecdoche, New York. Is that? Emily, actress uh, no not Emily name. Mortimer uh, Samantha Morton Samantha Morton or Emily Mortimer Emily Mortimer <laughs> is a different actress Samantha Mortimer <laughs> one of them was in Minority Report which is a high school movie Samantha I really liked. Morton yeah Samantha Morton yeah she was all over the place that right? wasn't okay so that, and that was an action movie like I, I feel yeah. like in my mind, but it was way, also like a Spielberg movie so yeah. it's like a lot of people probably loved it but the way I was saying like Eternal Sunshine was like I I was glad I liked that movie because I was like, this is smart right. and artistic. I think there that part of my brain was also like, action movies aren't that. So right. don't bother. Well, you were also like movies. squarely in like the emo kids scene. Yes. Which is, I mean, no judgments, but I wasn't so much, which allowed me to be like, we wouldn't let you. I still love Steven Seagal movies. <laughs> and I hung out with David Marsh a lot and we'd go see those movies. I mean, he was the guy that I saw equilibrium with seven mm. times in the movie theater so yeah what i what i didn't say is that in equilibrium the fighting is called gun kata sure and it's is. martial yep. arts with guns <laughs> and which I makes about as much cool. sense as <laughs> it sounds like also you think well okay you you go ahead because i've got a bone <laughs> to pick with gun kata okay mine's real quick at the end of that movie the last fight between christian bale and tay diggs ends with him cutting uh tay diggs face off yeah and then like a few seconds later it's like a wide shot and you see his face laying on yeah. the ground <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i'm glad they added that detail <laughs> you see his head and it's all bloodied and then you see his face, his face. <laughs> like with the eyes like as like holes yeah yeah, yeah the eyes didn't make the cut okay. 
Okay. <laughs> Literally. Uh, well. No, Which also, wasn't. how would he have to cut to like work around? Yeah, the he nose? slices that face thinking, off. Like if you're perfectly in the movie, like like just, in the movie Face Off. Yeah, like in the movie Face Off, <laughs> yeah. a movie I loved in Broken Arrow, also loved. That was like Face Off was a movie that I thought was so stupid, and now. I love it. Yeah. It's like Con Air. It's like if you view it through the lens of like, this is a comedy. It's still well, that's, stupid. That's a but... lot of like when I'd say Steven Seagal or more so like Jean-Claude Van Damme or even a lot of Schwarzenegger and Stallone. Yeah. Like even in high school, I love those older movies. Like Cobra's a great example. Cobra's a bad movie. And I loved Cobra because I knew like, oh, it's fun when a filmmaker, a writer, a director, they all are like on board. These actors are all on board of just being like, we're going to make something really over the top. You're, we're going to take it incredibly seriously. Like, I don't think anybody made Cobra thinking like we're making fucking a masterpiece. And I don't know if that happens so much anymore. I mean, I think on occasion, but even like, I mean, John Wick is probably a great example of like doing kind of dumb action, but doing it really smart. Mm-hmm. You know, like story doesn't make a lot of sense. It's pretty over the top. But like they take themselves so seriously and shoot it so well, and the action in it is, is just so well done um, that it works. And I think back then was kind of like that, but without the like really giving a shit about you know the shooting, the action, <laughs> like right. the action in those movies by today's standards are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Well, um, I think that you know, like time has a lot to do with it as well. I remember, I like we just recently watched all the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Yeah, and um, they're like a lot of fun to watch yeah. now because of how like the timelines all fucked up in between right. movies, and there is like a layer of comedy that I feel like went like really unappreciated, or or maybe was like unconscious when they were making these movies, like. It's a lack of caring about writing, right. directing, you know, like these set pieces. There are pieces characters that they do. in those movies and in a lot of like those older horror movies that are like, well, clearly you were laughing as you wrote this dialogue or wrote the, you know or what I mean? Or delivering like, this line this yeah, way. Like, like, or yeah, on the day. It's like, yeah. well, this is funny. Like, let's make this like Crazy Ralph and a lot yeah. of those like What's Harbinger that? characters exactly. that we talked about are really funny in those movies. They're so over the top. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like at the time, like, I don't know if it was just my sensibilities or like, it's weird how like culturally the sensibilities will change. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now that we live in this kind of like postmodern like world, we can, we can view those kind of like in a, in a time capsule and we can enjoy them for like the weird, sure. like, like things that they were. But I feel like at the time, like people were just like, Oh, this is dumb. Like this well, is just a stupid like horror movie they- that, there was a big boom, I think, in like the 90s and even in the 2000s when we were in high school of like getting really sarcastic about that kind of stuff and, and starting to treat it like, oh, we were so stupid back then. And I think we're kind of moved past that now again where we're like, no, it's cool to be campy sometimes. It's cool to be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, but there was like <laughs> kind of a weird boom. I mean, horror movies in the 90s have it all over the place. Even my my favorite is one of my favorite horror movies of all time is Scream, but the sequels have it really bad where they're like, isn't it stupid that we're making a horror movie sometimes? <laughs> and you're just like, no, I, I like, like horror movies. Don't like, make it. <laughs> come to a horror movie to yeah. see you make fun of the horror movie that I'm watching. A lot of comedy in the early 2000s had that too. And, and definitely action where it was kind of like, 
we know that these are dumb. Like, but in not like a fun way, but more in a like, we're just going to be stupid and like laugh at how stupid it is or something. And I, I hate that shit. Yeah. Like I would rather you, like even if you're being kind of funny or silly, like a lot of horror movies today are, yeah. like be treat it seriously. Like act like you yeah. care about don't, what you've written and what you're making. Like it's the cynicism that's yeah, like I hate it. Oh yeah, it's like, don't throw it away like that. Don't just mm-hmm. like throw it away like yeah, it's fucking stupid. We're making a Jason movie. It's stupid. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you uh, have a great opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you go if you like go see a band and they. I know that there are a number of very successful bands that kind of give this aura a little bit, but I think maybe. Like if you go see a band play and they all look like they don't give a shit that they're yes. playing, it bugs me because I'm like, you guys practiced, like you got together and wrote songs and practiced them, and now you're performing them and like opening yourselves up, like act like you're enjoying it because I think you are, and if you're not, you don't have to do this. That was like, a vibe, man. That was grunge. I know. I, I don't give a shit. Uh, I just want. I, I I want. I want genuine like. I, we worked hard on this. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that was like a Gen X sort of like right. phase. Mm-hmm. And I think we've come out of that. Oh, It'll yeah, probably so. come back. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, when you said Stallone, I, I, I thought about this and it, it's at high school. So I moved from Virginia to Kennesaw, Georgia at the very beginning of high school and I was very depressed and like didn't want, I was so mad that we moved and I was like mad at my parents and I didn't want to make any friends. And my mom, uh, she, for some reason, I mean, not for some reason, she like wanted me to be happy or whatever. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> for whatever so, fucking reason, fucking, you know how moms are, uh, uh, want their kids to be happy and shit. <laughs> no, but this, so her, an idea she came up with and it's very sweet and, uh, it makes me very like happy thing about it. She, and I don't know where she got this list, but she found a list of like the most inspirational movies and we would, <laughs> and it was when blockbuster was still a thing. And so like, we would every weekend we'd watch one of those movies like as a family and like we watched Rudy and I was like, Rudy sucks. Rudy's a dumb movie and I didn't like it. Then we watched Rocky and I'd never seen Rocky before. And I remember thinking like, this is going to be dumb because everything's dumb and I hate everything. (laughs) But at the end of Rocky, I was like, that was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked Rocky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The best thing about Rocky is that like, in the sequel, he immediately is like best friends with the guy. That's yeah. like the guy. <laughs> it's like so nice. And you're like, oh, Apollo Creed's all right. Cool. <laughs> the guy we hated in the first movie yeah. we like now? Cool. Yeah. Um, did you watch any like uh, broad comedies or anything like that? Or was it? Um, I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure I did. I remember like Rat Race and stuff yeah. like that. There were a couple movies. Um, I mean, these aren't broad comedies, but they're just a couple movies that like popped into my head. Sure, I'll, I'll list both of them, and I'm sure we could talk ad nauseum about I'm at excited. least one of them. So, um, the the only movie I think the only rated R movie that my dad took me to see when I was like underage, I was pretty young because this must have been like ninety nine two thousand. Um. He took me to see The Matrix ah. in theaters, and I, I remember being like, "Whoa, this is a rated R movie." I don't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. but like that movie's fine. Like, 
there's really not a lot of violence. There's like no profanity and there's like no nudity or sexual. I don't know yeah, why it's, it's kind of weird that it's rated R. I think it's because the, 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 the concept of it is, is so <laughs> They're fucking, like, you need to be kind of older to just understand. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so interesting. And then, um, well, yeah, let's talk about the matrix. Cause this was a, yeah, this was a, a movie that my dad saw it like on a whim. He was just like, oh, I'll go see a movie. Uh, the same and then thing it like blew his mind yeah. and he was like, I got to take Mitch to see this. That and was my go. my brother. And yeah, this movie was another slow burn. Mm-hmm. Like it was like opening weekend. People watched it. And then all of a sudden people were like, you guys have seen The Matrix? That movie's fucking crazy. Yeah. My yeah. brother saw it and then he was like, you got to go see it. He's like, oh, there's no words in this trailer, I guess, but... That's okay. Oh, it just has text. Yeah. That's fun. There we go. But he was like, you got to see it. And I was like, what's it about? And he goes, computers. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> He's not. Like hackers? Yeah. No, 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 no. And I remember watching it and I loved Keanu Reeves and I didn't know he was in it until I was oh. like in the theaters watching the movie. I was like, this is a fucking Keanu Reeves is movie? Why have I heard of this? <laughs> I remember, uh, so when, when I didn't see it in the theaters, but when DVDs became a thing and like people started having DVDs in their house, yeah. they had... They had a DVD player. They had Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> they had The Patriot, and they had The Matrix. Those movies like came yeah. with DVD. Yeah. Players. Like you like, buy a PlayStation, and it comes I'd, with. Like, I'd add a uh, road trip to that list if you were of a certain age. I feel like everybody my age, and you'd go to their house and you'd like look through their DVDs. Road trip. Road trip was in there. But those, yeah, like Tom those, Green. those three. So yeah, if you saw somebody had a DVD player, you'd be like, "You want to watch The Matrix?" And they're like, "How did you know I had The Matrix?" Well. I just Everybody assumed. has. Yeah, yeah. It 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 was a sleeper. I remember one of the most one of the best movies of all time. This was also like the time where like some like smaller actors started getting on my radar. Where I was like, I see this guy in a lot of things, and uh, the actor who plays Agent Smith. Um, yeah. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Uh, yeah, I remember like seeing him in this and then seeing him in Lord of the Lord Rings of the Ring, and just being yeah. like, holy shit, that guy is fucking awesome in everything he's in. Mm-hmm. And then you notice that he's in like a billion things, you know. And it's all one of those place. character it's actors. Like, yeah. Yeah, you just haven't really seen a movie where Hugo Weaving is the he's not a lead. hero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's too weird looking. The Matrix was so mind blowing, and it's so crazy that it was a slow burn. You like, yeah? How did this movie not get like amazing press immediately? Of being yeah. like, oh, the CGI is insane, the action's amazing, like, mm-hmm. you know. But but then know, it became it was like, a weird movie, I guess. But it's a was weird it, concept. Was it reviewed poorly? Really? I don't remember if it was reviewed poorly. Well, I, I doubt it. I can't imagine so. I think, except for for maybe for gun violence, because. There was that thing for a while where people were just like, oh, "Was that too much shootings?" Well, that was like it came out before Columbine, Columbine. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, in I middle school, and like, that's when Columbine happened. Yeah. yeah, they talked a lot about it. Um, yeah, first one I saw not in the theaters. Second one, a big group of us, we all went and saw it in the theaters, like the opening weekend, and I remember liking the second one. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the third one came out. I, I still have never seen the third one. I just, that was ooh, another movie. I just didn't ooh, care. The third one's better than the second one. Really? The second one's got a lot of... Uh, You're the just, first person I've ever yeah, heard people say something don't, good about the people third one. People also say one, but. episode two is the better pe- prequel, right? Yeah, it's better than three. 
know, and it's suck. better than one. They do all suck. Don't let anybody tell you any different guys. It just depends place. about how you feel about pod racing. We watched all those recently too, and I know it's... we came to the the conclusion that um, the character Anakin Skywalker, yeah, is just a a very like stiff one dimensional yes like um poorly like he, he he's like antisocial right. so he like it, it looks like he's a bad actor but that's just who the character is because <laughs> right. both both actors that portrayed that character played him equally terribly yeah he was a bad he's, actor he's, though yeah they but both he, were very, no they're both great actors poorly written but the character they played the character perfectly so what you what you you see as bad acting is just them like perfectly executing George Lucas's vision of the character of Anakin Skywalker. Does this make sense? You're a Hayden Christian apologist. And a Jake Lloyd apologist. So why is this? Well, he was in Jingle All the Way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, he was the son. I'll be back. Give me the doll. I'm a Scientologist. I'll be back. (laughs) It's impossible. I don't think it's possible possible. to do this. Why did you assign us an impossible task? (laughs) I I test my friends. Um, Do you want to take a break? Do you want to take a break real quick? Sure. Okay. Well, we're, uh, we're having fun talking movies with Mitchell Hardage, and we'll be right back with more of my high school cinema. And we're back. It's my high school iPod colon my high school cinema. Is that how we're gonna do it? Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, I was, gonna, I was thinking like it'd be like my high school blockbuster trip or something oh, like that. I love that. Is that yeah, too? Totally that was such a thing, and now we could go back to my high school movies. My high school movies. I, mean, I don't. It's pretty pretty perfect. It's a little yeah. on the nose, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's well, fine. <laughs> We'll see. Um, we'll th- we'll we'll think about. It. We should have thought about it more, but it's okay. Uh, but that's whatever this is called. It's what we're doing right now, and we're back from our break. I'm Jay Howell. I'm here with Muhammad Joma. Hey, buddy. And our guest, the one and only Mitchell Hardage. Yo. Um, so Mitchell, let's. Uh, all right, Matrix got it covered. Um, let's let's what what else? What else, man? Come on. Let, what else we got? So, um, there was a little indie movie starring Adam Sandler that came out in 2002 called oh, Punch Drunk shit. Love. And I had seen, um, Boogie Nights. Magno- and I had Magnolia? Seen, I had seen Magnolia yeah. as well. Um, and I thought they were both really good movies, but I thought Punch Drunk Love, like, I don't know, like, it, it, you know how, like, a movie will just kind of feels like like you just kind of like not not base your identity on a movie but you feel like a movie just speaks to you in a way that yeah. others hadn't especially from like Paul Thomas Anderson's another director who's writer director who's like very versatile and kind of the yes. subject matter he'll cover mm-hmm. and kind of the overall like style and palettes of his movies like I feel like Punch Drunk Love was a far departure from his previous yeah. movies Mm-hmm. which were kind of like subject matter too. I mean, even yeah. like main character wise, very different than most of his main characters. Yeah. Uh, Barry Egan Egan. Yeah. Such a departure. Yeah. From, too. and just like thinking like, it's all like, it's all very like brightly lit mm-hmm. and there's all these like deep saturated colors. They have those kind of like abstract painting 
interstitials between scenes yeah, and stuff I like that. I remember the DVD had like a whole section of those where you could just watch the yeah. weird painting and I had that um, painted on film, I think is what it was. The like desktop background for my computer yeah. was like those paintings for a long time. But um yeah, it's a movie about a guy who runs a plunger manufacturer and distribution warehouse and he his sister introduced his very mean sister introduces him played by uh, mary lynn rice, rice cub. cub yeah yeah, yeah she's great in that and uh introduces her to samantha morton how about that uh introduces her to or introduces him to a very lovely lady who he kind of has a connection with oh, here's the trailer yeah Fucking Adam Sandler. After I saw this, I was like, "Oh, he can do, he yeah. can do more than the Water Boy." Like, it was, re- and it was like right at a time in his career where he really needed something like yeah. this. Yeah, which is funny. It seems like he always has one of these up his sleeve because even his stand-up special, which we, the three of us, have talked about how much we all enjoyed it yeah. before, came out like right at a time where everybody started being like, "Fucking Adam Sandler again," and then he made uh-huh. that. And everybody's like. That's right. We love Adam Sandler. Do you think yeah. he hears us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's such an anomaly of a movie because it's it's a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that, like, it's very much like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah. But it's unlike anything he's done. It's unlike anything Adam Sandler's done. Mm-hmm. It's really unlike any movie I've seen before. Like it has a weird plot. Yeah, it has a like a weird central character. It's a little Cohen Brothers esque in the in the sense that like not a lot happens mm-hmm. in the movie or over the course. There's not like a huge centralized plot. It's just sort of following him around in a, over a few days of his pretty insane life. But also healthy choice, which I don't think that company exists anymore. Also that but scene it's where he's dancing in the yes! grocery store is so fucking good. We drove by that uh, supermarket where. Where all that stuff was shot when we were in LA. Yeah. We did like a, <laughs> a Chase Sampson tour of LA. Oh, and Philip Seymour uh, Hoffman. Seymour Hoffman just absolutely crushing. Any movie in high school I saw that he was in, so, was, it was a lots good Lots of movie. crazy lens flares in this movie, too. Yep. Lots of crazy camera Highly work stylized. in general. Like for, especially for him, he is a stylized guy, but like this movie is some. It's, it looks different. I mean, you were getting to that too. Yeah, I think he had fun with this one. Yeah. I think I've, I think Magnolia. I think I heard an interview with him, and Magnolia took so much out of him. Like he yeah. lost a bunch of weight, and he was just like, was just like drained after that it's a epic huge movie. movie for, he, and it's like his second feature yeah, or major third, I think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just a huge ensemble cast <laughs> dealing with fucking Tom Cruise. And, yeah. Um, I think the first cut of Magnolia he did was like four and a half hours long or something. <laughs> I remember reading that. And that movie, like as great as it is, like I feel like that movie could just keep going for it. Like it, right. it doesn't really like tie up super nicely at the end or anything. Yeah. He was Tom just Cruise like, I got to really good. In that movie, it's, his, I, his scene oh, he's, that, right? he's good. In most I, I kind of wish <laughs> it did go on forever. I think that's my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie. You know what mm-hmm. my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie is? What? The Phantom Thread. 
Uh, the that's, newest one. That's the one I have not seen. It's so fucking good. Yeah. I loved it so much. He's consistent. It's a He's little bit all, more like um, A Punch Drunk Love, although yeah. it's very serious. Yeah. And what I was going to say, actually, about when I was watching that trailer is that movie was very funny, Punch Drunk Love was. Yeah. And I didn't know it at the time. I had seen back, uh, Boogie Nights, but I didn't really know it at the time because I was just young or whatever. Mm. But then when I rewatched Boogie Nights, I was like, this movie is hilarious. It is a very funny comedy you could say the same thing about there will be blood. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Which also that's maybe my favorite. I don't know. I love you it. already I think said that's, I, know. I think that's his master. Like this is yeah. best movie he'll ever make. There will well, be blood. The there will be blood is a movie that you don't know it's funny until the very last line of the movie, and then you go, "Oh, all right, it was a comedy was the a whole comedy. time." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm. I'm not disagreeing with you guys. But I don't think that that's a very funny movie. When he says, I'm finished. That's funny. <laughs> but he also just got done like killing a person. Yeah, but you don't make a movie and then end it with a murder and then a funny line and not you're, you're, you're uh, to me. That's a statement saying like it's a, it's a comedy more in the sort of Shakespeare <laughs> comedy. So, so know, it can tragic. Be, so yeah. like if Hotel Rwanda had a joke yeah, as the, the last line, you'd be like, that was a comedy. Hey, if Schindler's List ended with a boom. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Punch Drunk Love, uh, that one really stuck with me. And, and I loved that movie. Uh, I just, I think it was like, again, like it's, it's a love story and it's, it's very like unconventional, right? right. Like it's very, quirky he's this kind of like anti-social guy who's neurotic trying to run a business guy. very neurotic yeah, like he's got anger issues ang- yeah definite yeah. anger issues and he finds like a very pleasant woman and and, and, and a piano not, that's a big part and a little it's piano that like falls piano. out of the sky or whatever <laughs> yeah it's just like falls out of the back of like a truck or something yeah. oh that's right it yeah just like runs and gets it life, yeah. <laughs> uh, i uh so yeah, that movie, Eternal Sunshine, Magnolia, music all done by John Bryan, mm-hmm. who yeah. I remember in high school being like, there something about these movie, all these movies that I really like, like the music is is so good in these, and then yeah. finding out that they were all pretty much all right. done by the same guy, right. mm-hmm. and being like, holy shit, this yeah, guy, like cool reveal, when yeah. You that. yeah, he, wow, he just was so good at soundtracks and and song he did like i heart huckabees like all the movies that i loved back then yeah he's got a a pretty i mean again it's like distinctive but he's got a pretty wide range of what he can accomplish i mean you have to if you're scoring a film you need songs for sad scenes and songs for happy scenes but um he definitely has his own style he he tends to do more kind of three four kind of like piano driven like i feel like kind of yeah he likes and he likes um he likes kind of playing with older technology i think too like he'll he'll run stuff through old tape machines and stuff and you'll kind of get that sort of grainy sound which is nice but still does a monthly show at largo which we were just out I in LA and we missed it. By the way, Paul Thomas days. Anderson hung out at Largo all the time. Yeah. Back and then. that's why you'll see 
Paul F. Tompkins and in There Will Be Blood. Will be blood. <laughs> also, why he's and maybe married to Maya Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. Also, maybe he's not, uh, in Magnolia. Well, he hangs, awesome. hangs out with comedians. Yeah. He's the, the guy on the phone that Philip Seymour Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman is talking to in Magnolia. Who is? Paul, Tom, uh, Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like Tom Cruise's uh, oh, yeah, yeah, or something. No, like, it's... Uh, is it Paul F. Tompkins? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I was about to say, no, it's Patton Oswald, but then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's... Patton uh, Oswald is the uh, blackjack life. dealer. Oh, is he? In Magnolia, ah. who, who is scuba diving and then gets picked up. In the beginning, where all they're like, this has to be more than just a random events or whatever, yeah. like voiceover. But it's like, yeah, the... Uh, he's he's a blackjack dealer, and then the father of the new quiz kid, like gets drunk and like punches. I don't, it's, oh yeah, yeah, it's just hard. It's hard to talk about <laughs> scenes in that movie, especially that beginning, because it's just like boom, 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 boom. John yeah. C. Riley comes in, and then this, and then Julianne Moore is picking up a prescription, and then she freaks out, and then the, like I, that. That's like the opening, like. 20 minutes of that movie you're just like all right all right I got, i'm watching this movie <laughs> i'm gonna do some quick uh retconning our 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 misinformation you mean everything we've said so far it's has em- not been right? emily watson is the actress from punch drunk love yes and from um uh equilibrium okay emily mortimer no, Samantha Morton is from uh, Minority Report. Okay, they they are they look so much alike. They do look similar. that they were cast as the same character in Synecdoche, New York. You know? Oh, it's uh, like, like a Natalie Portman, Kira Knightley. Yes, situation. but they are different actors. Um, but yeah, so. Emily Watson is the name that we couldn't remember. She's the one in Punch. Emily Club. Watson. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to say it wasn't. Samantha Moore, because <laughs> yeah. I because I wasn't sure what her name was, but I was sure it wasn't that. <sighs> Emily but Watson, okay. that in is Punch an... Drunk Love, by the way, a very grounded character, and like yes. I love that she gets mad at him for like things like in movies that I think female characters often like don't stand their ground, especially with like new guys because it's just whirlwind love and stuff. Yes, like I forget what she gets mad at him for, like yelling at her on the phone or something. Or he doesn't show up to a her. date, and she like, like, just, just like, you can't do that. You can't act like that. Yeah, I think like, he just lays on law, and he's yeah. like, "Okay, I'm sorry," and that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> it's a nice moment. Though. It is. Yeah, okay. she, she. I'm sorry. Okay, I used to look normal too. <laughs> Before my brother hit me in the face with a shovel. But I think what's what's appeal. I mean, yes, she she is very much like the rock that kind of yeah keeps, and I think that's his attraction to her has a lot to do with that as well. Um, that she seems to have, but like her character, even it's like, they're a little bit older. Like she's been divorced, I think in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it was like, it felt very real, right. but at the same time, like very whimsical. Like he, the whole thing is he, it's about like how love will m- make you do impulsive things that you wouldn't normally do. Like he just like picks up, he's like trying to like save money the whole time. Right. He's always clipping these coupons so he can get frequent flyer miles. And he just like picks up and like goes to Hawaii because she's in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it, it, and that's so out of character for this character. And then like he's so 
he gets angry, but you know, he doesn't ever come off as a violent person or anything. And there's that scene where like Philip Seymour Hoffman's like goons come and like hit the car after they're coming yeah. back from a date or something. And he just like very like calmly collectively like gets out of the car and beats the shit out of all yeah. of them. <laughs> I remember when they're chasing him and they go, I, I, I laughed so hard at this line. They go, the fuck are you going? We know where you live. Yeah. Yeah. Just so it was, it was a great film. It's cool seeing like these guys too. I mean, Christopher Nolan's another great example of like these directors that like, yeah, their first movie was around when we were in high school and was a big deal. And we watched it in theaters. I mean, I saw Memento in theaters. I saw Magnolia in theaters, not Boogie Nights. But um, but then, like, they're still around and they're, like, making Oscar nominated. Like, everything they make is bound to be nominated for Best Picture mm-hmm. and, like, be a huge deal. And you're just like, yeah, like, I've seen all their movies and I'm yeah. always excited for their next one. They yeah. got staying power. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to make... Uh, one good right right yeah i mean their talent's undeniable right like you see their early movies and you're just like well these guys really they're they're special like they're they're not just your run-of-the-mill director they're bringing something new to the table or at least a unique voice to a genre that's just full of people trying to imitate other people all right, let's. Do you have like one more movie you want to talk about? Because I feel like we need to maybe wrap this up a little bit. Yeah, um, I watched a lot of movies. Uh, trying to think of one. Trying to think of one that uh, that we could discuss at length. Um, do you guys have any movies that you remember watching? You referenced Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, uh, okay. And, yeah, let's talk about that movie. And if you guys want to talk about the movie, I was thinking you you would bring up uh, Jay would bring up um, Kung Pao. Kung Pao. I was kind of hoping because I've got a lot of thoughts on Kung Pao now. Like, first of all, this is something that me and Jay would probably do more than than uh, Mitchell would do on this show, as according to our music taste as well, is bring up a bunch of bad shit that we watched that we liked back then yeah kung pao is not a good movie at all no but i do think there's elements of it that to this day i'm like i know i mean it was better than its badness made it seem like there were some funny jokes in those movies like legit funny i i i have not watched it probably since high school Okay. And, but I, I watched it so many times in high school. Yeah. And I think even back then, I, in my mind, I didn't think this is a good movie. Right. I just, right. In my mind, we, yes. I, in my mind, it I thought, it was stupid fun. I love this movie. Right, right, right. Because right. of how silly it is. Right. But whereas, like, I, and Napoleon Dynamite, I also haven't watched in so long, but I feel like that of the two, that one probably. It's it's got a little more Napoleon Dynamite's better. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yes, by far. Okay. Napoleon Dynamite. I don't think it's a bad movie. No. Do you guys think so? I mean, it's maybe no. a cheap no. movie. It's like kind of uh, like a cheap move. Napoleon Dynamite. To, like, I make saw... a character as funny as Napoleon Dynamite, and you're just kind of like, well, he can do whatever because he's going to carry this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. And yeah. then he da- like the big ending is like a dance off. All you got to do is make this funny looking kid make dance. Make him dance goofy. Yeah. But I. <laughs> I think I saw that movie ten times in the theaters. What Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah, really. Yeah, I I went because it was the thing where uh, it was like right before it was like senior year of high school, and it was just like I would go see it with people who hadn't seen it yet. 
Yeah. And so, like, if if I was talking about it, I, I like going to movies more than once and like bringing friends and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, and then also like back then you didn't have anything else to do. Right. So and if you, you were just like money from your part-time job, it yeah. wasn't going to anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Gas was $4 <laughs> for the fill your tank up. But yeah. yeah, it was just like I, anybody that hadn't seen it. Like, I remember clearly by the way, getting so high before I went and saw <laughs> Napoleon dynamite. Oh. Uh, that was like peak, like, we're going to roll a giant blunt and then sit in the parking lot and smoke it and then go into the movie as like high as possible. I remember thinking like thinking cool. there was a, <laughs> there was something about not that because I, you know, I, I, I didn't do any of that kind of stuff in high school, but nerd. I, I was very much so I was a Christian nerd, <laughs> the worst of the worst. Uh, but I remember, but I still like, I, I saw punch drunk love. I saw, you know, whatever it, I didn't see a, I didn't not go watch things because of the subject matter. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. but like, I remember thinking like at the first time I saw Napoleon Dynamite, I was like, this movie is like PG. Like there's not really, yeah, any, yeah. like it was there's, very wholesome and like, is if I'm remembering it correct, but it was because I think it might have been made by like Mormons or something. Really, something like Jared that. Hess. Jared Hess. Mormon? Wait, doesn't he work on like Righteous Gemstones and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, he's a consulting now? producer yeah. on yeah, him. Maybe. maybe he's, he's given them he's like knowledge about organizing that weird religion. Jody Hill and David Gordon Green mm-hmm. like world of people. It's a good crew to be. It is. It's a great crew to be. Oh, yeah. But anyway, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> uh, it, I, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing that like an early screening of it and thinking it was like the funniest movie I had ever seen. And then like shortly after that, it got like wildly popular. Right. And people were going around with vote for Pedro t-shirts. It just became so mainstream. And then like, I kind of hated it. Yeah. After that happened. Cause it did for a little while. It felt like it was our, yeah, I mean, it must have been a thin. very short little while, but no, no, yeah. no. But like it did. Like I remember, but like, yeah, hearing about yes, this movie. It was in, and it was like a I, limited kind of thing. I went and, and saw it in at Landmark, so I had to drive to go see it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it just blew up from there. But that movie is, and when you watch it now, I mean, it's so good. I still think it's a very good movie. I do too. But it is, it is very much structured to be like a funny indie nerd movie you know what i mean yeah and which uh, is fine i mean that's what the subject matter is it's about pedro and napoleon and whatever you almost the forgot the name of the main character actually i was thinking ahead trying to think of the girl from Waterworld, but i couldn't i couldn't pull her name mm. in the movie betty or betsy or something like that Paige. i don't know do you remember you mean the the girl from Waterworld? <laughs> She's like the young girl that does the glamour shots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't see Waterworld. Oh. <laughs> She's in it. Okay. As a child. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Right on. She was also in Andre, that movie about the seal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what about the one about the giant? Angus? He's just no. a kid. Oh, that was my a giant. Andre. That was a different Andre. <laughs> what about the That's one? my giant. <laughs> what about the one that was about the 3000? Mr. 3000. <laughs> on Mr. Andre 3000. <laughs> Starring Bernie Mac. That this was the Andre 3000 biography. Andre 3000! <laughs> that's 300. No, that's 3000. Um, 
but yeah i think that that was like a pretentious thing that i thankfully feel like i got over because you, like do you think now you I'm had not, that a lot in high school in general or was it did it just come to a, a head with napoleon dynamite I, I really came to a head with napoleon dynamite yeah. but i feel like yeah it was always kind of there like i mean we talked about it when we talked about music it was just like you, you like i you, you had to like seek stuff out more back then sure you had to like really like i don't know like you had to go to like a theater that was far away to right. see a movie you had to right. go like dig through cd warehouse or like ask know somebody who knew like what the cool band was right. so it was it was like um you felt like you were part of like a little club or something yeah but i mean it's like yeah it's it's a very elitist mentality that Thankfully, I feel like I've shed, and now I'm like super into mainstream shit. Yeah, <laughs> but like nothing's I, I really nothing's about the like new super, Doja Cat album. <laughs> I love the new Doja Cat <laughs> album. Great. Like I feel like nothing's like super mainstream anymore, or, or right. everything is as accessible as the most mainstream. Absolutely, thing. because there's such a like Doja Cat's actually a great example. It's like, I mean, you can't say she's not. First of all, musically, she's making like the poppiest pop music you know what i mean yeah it's delightful but also yeah it's absolutely <laughs> delightful but also it's like how many people are listening to doja cat i mean a lot how yeah. many people do you know that are listening to doja cat i don't know a couple yeah you know? yeah, <laughs> like yeah that's just, a good point it's like a weird sort of world of like we're not uh, like uh in a weird way we're like um more in echo chambers because yeah. of like the way social media kind of like guides like who you hear or like right. news sources and stuff like that but in another way like socially in the real world, it's yeah. less of that. Like yes. our, our, our little inner circles are just specifically online now <laughs> right. and the actual people we hang out with all listen to different things or all of the yeah. different things. Cause they're all in their own, their right. own little worlds online. Right. There's, I, I mean, I, I, I assess my reaction to that stuff when I was in high school, as opposed to now as like when I was in high school, I didn't, think that uh anything cost any money mm-hmm. so in my mind because i remember like because i remember napoleon dynamite is such a quotable movie and the right. first time we saw it all we were doing was was quoting napoleon right. dynamite for like weeks and weeks and then it got to a point where you heard somebody who you thought maybe didn't have as good a taste as you quote napoleon dynamite and you're like fuck yeah they like that movie now Whereas now, and it's the same with music, where it's like you wanted to like a band and you didn't want other people to like the band. Whereas now, if I hear the Hold Steady have a song on like a Honda commercial, I'm like, fucking good for yeah, them. Good for you. Those dudes are getting yeah. paid. Yeah. Well, and you it's- you kind of made a point earlier where you're like, with movies, where you're like, you're happy to see that anybody has made a movie. And I, I get that way too. I like to be critical of movies, so I do like to nitpick, especially ones that I think are, I've talked about this before, but like are almost good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it was so close, so I fucking hate it because it was bad, you know? But, yeah, um, we were, I was just talking about that with Ashley about that before I came here. Yeah. She was just like, she was just like, Muhammad will like find like one little, <laughs> yeah. like tiny little element in a movie that's otherwise a great movie. Right. And it'll just like ruin it for him. But that is to the point of like this sort of popular populist thing where something like Napoleon Dynamite, which might have some flaws. There's probably better examples. Actually, I know there's better examples, but we'll use this one. Might have its flaws, but when not a lot of people know it or like it, you're like, this movie's amazing. 
But if everybody in the world is talking about how good it is, it's easy to be like, well, it's not that fucking good. Like, there's a lot of problems in this movie. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I feel like it was, I don't know if it was even that that was like bugging me about the fact that everybody like like it was right. it was really sure, just sure. like me being an asshole right <laughs> just being like no i wanted this to be my little special thing right and then and now everybody likes it but do you think that. so and it's it's gonna sound dumb to compare i'm trying to think of even what a good comparison would be but like maybe something like uh ghostbusters or something where it's like if we grew up if that movie came out when we were in high school and we were like, fucking Ghostbusters movie's so cool, or just some kind of comedy like that, sure. that yeah. like really takes off. Do you think we would have been the same way with it, like that we were with Napoleon Dynamite? Of well, like, you know, fuck, no, everybody likes it. Well, uh, we were like the generation where nerd culture became cool, which yeah. makes that kind of a tricky conversation because even was even kind of mainstream like ghostbusters was a huge hit right. big movie yeah, right that's a bad example there, but, but there were still but there were still probably kids in high school freshmen who loved ghostbusters who got like punched for it mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you nerd you like ghostbusters you nerd you like snl whatever like there was just liking things yeah. <laughs> like pop culture in general used to be nerdy and used to get you beat up and like video right. game like video games is a great example like I know you listen to how did this get played and they talk sometimes about like if you were in high school when Nintendo's came out and you loved Nintendo, you didn't tell people because it was a nerdy fucking thing. Right. And like at video games now, it's like everybody loves video games. And like even if you don't love video games, you're not like weirded out that somebody loves video games. Comics are the same way. Well, yeah, especially you know? now if someone's like kind of a nerd, I really liked Avengers. Right. You're like, so did everyone. Right. That movie made <laughs> yeah. over a billion but dollars. I get that bitterness of being like, we came up in an age where that started to shift. So when something like Napoleon Dynamite that four years ago might have been something that could have been personal and nobody else liked and yeah. only you liked, all of a sudden it was like, oh, I guess everybody fucking likes this thing now. Yeah. It is a little upsetting. You there know? was something appealing about other, something that is like right. not mainstream, something that is like, and, and like all the movies I've talked about today, like, they're like kind of weird little like they're not you don't have your typical leading man per se yeah uh like the characters are flawed it's they've got weird kind of like uh, plot devices and things like that and uh yeah, I don't know. I gravitated towards that, but by the way, I remember when uh, Nacho Libre came out, which mm-hmm. I think was good. <laughs> when I think about it, yeah, maybe a bit of offensive, which isn't a conversation that happens too much, but. Um, is not a conversation that happens too much. It doesn't because I was thinking well, about that last time I watched it. I was, I was like, did anybody talk too. about how like Jack Black is playing a Mexican in this movie? Doing or is like it brown just, face essentially? Yeah. Uh, I never saw But that. I, I remember seeing it for the first time and not liking it and yeah. simply because I was like, oh, they're trying to fucking do... And it's the same director, obviously. Yeah. But I was like, they're just trying to do fucking... Like, it made Napoleon Dynamite feel cheaper of going like, oh, I get it. I get the whole fucking formula. It's like, be weird. Say funny, weird things. Do weird voices. I can right. throw a football over a mountain. Like, it, it, it cheapened it in a way. It did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think he, he leaned into that formula a little too much and made some really bad, like, made some bad movies because yeah. of it. Like, did you see Gentleman Broncos? I did not. No, I wanted to watch it, and I never, I never did. I've never Was heard it of it. It's, it's Jermaine, really Jermaine bad. Yeah, Clements. Jermaine Clements. Oh, really? Yeah. 
and then uh yeah it's oh it's terrible it's it has um it it has really like really gross out humor in it like it's really? got like sam rockwell's in it too like on paper you would think like oh this will be a fun yeah. romp of a movie but he he embraced the otherness like a little too much right. and it had like zero mainstream appeal it had zero appeal like it just turned into like this monster unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> and it sucks because you sit down with that movie and you want to you want to like it yeah. but it's just uh it doesn't hold up unfortunately there's one more movie okay let's do it wet hot american Such i can't believe we took us to the very end of this i know i couldn't get out without talking about it um do you know when this this came out i remember my brother this is another movie that my brother was like you gotta watch this he saw it at cinefest this is why this is why we think what is funny this is to us is funny (laughs) this is the definition of comedy to us. <laughs> this oh, I've never seen this bad. trailer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like making it look like a. The counselors. What? No, like a dazed and confused or something. They did it like a. Uh, yeah, like 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 road trip. Like it had the same yeah. advertising package as those like kind of. I'm gonna go find my sweaters. It's it's a movie that cost twenty dollars to make. Yeah. And it has people that are now just like some of the, the most successful people. And of course, who can forget the sex? Uh, there the is so many like boobs and butts in this yeah. trailer that are like completely absent from the movie. Get this is the worst the trailer I've ever seen. Or like the least accurate. Yeah, it's from USA Film, the, the TV show, the TV network. Oh, really? Yeah. No, they put it up. This is a great movie. But, uh, yeah, David Wayne is still like one of my favorite filmmakers. They didn't even mention Bradley Cooper. Yeah. He's in this movie. <laughs> Or Elizabeth Banks. Yep. <laughs> or, did they say Poehler. Amy Poehler? They may have said Amy Poehler. I think she had Upright Citizens Brigade when this came out. This is like the slowest bird movie. There's still people watching this movie for the first time being like, that was amazing. Yeah, Look at all these famous people in it. Going back to like, <laughs> I guess how I felt when Napoleon Dynamite reached mainstream success. I feel the opposite now that I do. Because yeah. like when Wet Hot got picked up to do the the TV, TV show, show on Netflix, yeah. I was just like, it's the best. yes, yeah. like I'm so happy when something I like yeah. gets like recognized or gets praised. Or David Wayne in general, just doing like big name movies now, like big yeah. studio movies. It's just like nice. It's, and it's, Michael Showalter directed. Uh, oh yeah. Fucking uh, the big sick, which was like yeah, an, Oscar an Oscar nominated movie. movie. Yeah. Yeah. They're all fantastic. Yeah. And um, I think this movie, unfortunately, like they look at this movie. I mean, I'm sure they look back on this movie fondly because they probably had a great time making it and stuff. Yeah. But they look back on it as a failure, like right. they because it didn't make any money, right? And it just became like a cult, which is like kind of necessary for cult movies. Like, yeah, they can't be. <laughs> and I think that's probably why I didn't like why I was bummed Napoleon Dynamite was so big because I was just because like it could have been a DVD around it, college dorm movie yeah it could it have been, been like per- an office space or it, like it a, would have been perfect for that to be honest like yeah. that that's you're right that's true it, it, it's that kind of movie but 
for some reason within the first like month it was out everybody saw it, it and started quoting it all the time yeah and it, it, de- it doesn't have the staying power it's not like a movie that you see pop up all over the place and mm-hmm. uh, but mean, wet hot wet hot does i mean till the day i die that movie so will make me laugh good. harder than than any other movie and i know it so well by now and i know all the throw jokes the ball, but like the ball, the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's so many like little things like that so many and out. the first time yeah the first time i watched it, i remember we were like in chase's like that room that was adjacent to his bedroom yes that like we hung out and watched movies in there was one of those exercise balls yeah it was like inflatable <laughs> and i think i laughed so hard i like peed <laughs> And I like had to like run to the bathroom. I remember, I was like, I couldn't. Like, I I just fucking peed because it, like, it was so fucking funny, man. That was one that there were a few people that I showed that to that didn't laugh very much. And in my yeah. mind, I was just like, this is not a good person. Yeah, person. well, yeah, that's a, <laughs> in is. my mind, it, for for me, it like cemented like what my brand of humor is right. yeah. like that it's like not like anybody can laugh like there are so many like mainstream movies that that are fine funny like 40 sure. virgin or right, whatever right, like right. But, did wildly successful and are funny kind of like by but it's funny in a way that like yes everybody's gonna mass appeal funny right. you're right you're right and this movie like a lot of people don't like it and a yeah. lot of people don't think it's funny and the fact that i really really think it's like one of the funniest movies ever made like helps me understand like who i am as a person and what i like my brand of humor and you know what that is like the ultimate purpose of a high school movie so it's a good one to end on like that is a movie that actually told you something about yourself yeah i learned about myself (laughs) watching this movie high school i mean life in general but high school like there is a whether it's music or or whatever sort of thing you're you're Taking you, you, and even if you are coming off as like standoffish and, and elitist, but you still want to be accepted. Yeah. And so to watch a movie like that, that is so like weirdly funny, like in such a specific way right. mm-hmm. that it's that if like we, the three of us here with very similar senses of humor, it spoke so like volumes to us about like, and just like laughing at things that a lot of people probably wouldn't laugh at or mm. would just be like, <laughs> yeah. you're just like, yeah. no, 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 no. Here's why this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> and like really like going into it when really like it's, it's silly, but it's so fucking good. And it just like, it makes you feel good at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, they made that for me. Is yeah. Kind of the feeling that you my get. My older brother and I didn't always get along uh, in high school. I, as a matter of fact, most of high school, we weren't really friends. And uh, he liked that movie. He watched it when he was in college and then told me to watch it. And then I watched him like that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I think we might have watched it separately, but then realized we had both seen it and both liked it. And then that like helped us bond because we were Aww. like, oh, our comedy, like, we think because it is such a specific brand of comedy, it is such a specific humor that it did make us like kind of reconnect just in the sense of like, that's right. You also think a talking can of beans is, is fun or a talking can of beans. <laughs> um, well, cool. Well, this, I, I hope people have liked this because I've, I really liked just kind of chatting about movies with my buds. Me too. Um, yeah, it was fun, man. Mitchell, thank you so much for, for being our, our guest and our guinea pig on this sort of 
new I don't know, it seems dumb it was a, a, on a new venture whatever but <laughs> just don't bring me back if you do like my high school books because I, <laughs> I didn't read any fucking books <laughs> yeah this is this is our wrap-up portion and uh do you do you want to promote anything uh, you're you're in a wonderful band called fantasy guys and oh, i thought you were gonna say marcus no, no. <laughs> in with you. you're in a decent <laughs> band and a really wonderful band talk about the really <laughs> wonderful one well fantasy guys is i don't know we're kind of slowly making an album and have been for i don't know two years so <laughs> don't worry about it i mean we're on spotify or whatever if you want to listen to our old stuff but a new album will happen eventually but I feel like the Marcus album's definitely going to come out before that. So yeah, that's coming out kind of soon, maybe. Yeah, if you like I'm the excited. the theme song for the show, that's us. Oh shit, <laughs> we got to do a new theme song for my high school cinema. Can we just redo the vocals? <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just record a flat voice going cinema, cinema, cinema. You got we'll it. Do, there it is. We'll do Point Schwarzenegger out. doing a Woody Allen impression, saying cinema. <laughs> because <laughs> it still have to have you still have to put like the the austrian like never mind what we'll, i used we'll to do later what i do for uh you would do did it on like, Chris, the very first episode your christoph waltz doing uh gladiator yeah i don't remember what the oh wait on uh are you not I'm not at the time it's a terrible impression but no man that was that closed my eyes there are you not at the time um well cool well you guys thank you so much for listening uh to my high school ipod colon my high school cinema uh i hope you guys really enjoyed this episode uh we're gonna do a few more of these probably uh and also you know do some more of my high school ipod and uh who knows you know, just keep keep coming back because who knows what we're gonna do uh but please uh if you enjoy what we're doing uh spread the word tell some friends um leave us a review and uh you know be be nice to everybody and uh until next time uh i'm gonna tell you to uh find a uh i don't know go wherever you can still buy dvds or blu-rays and find a movie that you liked back in high school and put it back on and you know let it stay on the dvd menu for a little while really soak it in really get into it uh, and then start that movie, uh, and then when you're done watching it, uh, get out there and change the world. Thank you. Hey, very smart. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good. How you doing? You want it? What, what, uh, what class did you did you say that was? History. Yeah. Just history. It must have been a survey course then, huh? Yeah, it was. It was surveys. Right. You should check it out. It's a good course. It's a good class. How'd you like that course? You know, frankly, I found the class, you know, rather uh, elementary. Elementary. Yeah. You know, I don't doubt that it was. Yeah. I, uh, I remember that class. It was, um, it was just between recess and lunch. Clark, why don't you go away? Why don't you relax? Why don't you go away? I'm just having fun with my new friend, that's all. Wait, we could have a problem? No, 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 understand. no, there's no problem here. I was just hoping you might give me some insight into the evolution of the market economy.